Hello, and welcome to the Astro Read. We are your hosts, Stella and Nayeli. Uh, this podcast is all about astrology, celebrity news, and how to use astrology in your everyday life. Welcome back to our current subscribers and hello to all the new viewers that are tuning in today. Uh, if you're new and you like our content, we encourage you to subscribe, to follow us, whether it's on Oct- Apple Podcast, Spotify, or YouTube. Our goal is to reach 100 subscribers by the end of 2022. And uh, we just love to see the growth of our community and the comments and questions that we get. Um, And by us gaining subscribers, it allows us to continue making this content. um, And it also allows people that could really find our content useful to view it and get insights from it. Um, And your comments help us get ideas on new episodes and what topics you like best. So I hope Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we look forward to keeping you engaged with more episodes. So today's episode is about making New Year's resolutions. So 2022 has already started, and uh, a lot of people either take a few weeks to start getting on the resolutions train or they make resolutions right off the bat at the beginning of the year and realize that like they're really not keeping up with it or they forget about it. So, you know, the first half of like the first month of the year is really a time to think about, okay, how do you want to set the tone for the year? And you can actually use astrology to make New Year's resolutions. And I personally do that every year. Um, you know, the different parts of a natal chart in particular, the houses, uh, can really help you focus in on what areas of life you want to make resolutions in. So Stella, feel free to share your insights because you actually have some really great tips based on your life coaching background um, that could help people make New Year's resolutions based on astrology. Yeah, so just the basics of resolutions, the basics of what you're going to do in order to enhance the resolution, in order to make sure that you make it to December and at least did something and advance yourself, you're going to want to write your goals down. Um, if you don't know what scripting is, I would recommend you look up what scripting is um, and start scripting some of those goals. Um, and then, of course, you're going to use you know that wonderful imagination. We have Neptune and Pisces right now. So if you use your imagination, And if you hone it in, you can use that Neptune and Pisces energy to really focus in on the what the imagination and sort of putting yourself in that place where you've achieved your goals, imagining how it would feel, imagining what you would do. Um, And of course, your daily gratitude. There is no more powerful, you know, way to attract what you're trying to achieve, to attract the things that you want in your life, than to really focus on what you're grateful for. Everything from, you know, the hair on your head to the house that you live in, to the things that you're doing. If you're not grateful for what you have right now, there's no way you can expand to what you can have more of because expansion is more of better things. So if you can't accept what you have right now, if you can't say thank you for what you have right now, even if it's like, you know, I, I have like a, a, a small bed in the middle of a, a, of a house with other bedrooms. I don't know, like mm-hmm. something that you're grateful for right now, even if it's not perfect, start with that. And that will help you enhance your, um, you know, skills towards creating the life that you want and the goals that you're trying to set. Um, and then we move into how you're setting those goals. So um, what really helps is 
how you're timing the goals you set. So whether it is that you are using the moon phases, which is really all about, you know, the new moon and full moon. So in the new moon, you really want to set your goals. And in the full moon, you really want to see what you've achieved and, you know, close down any projects that you've been working on. Um, and of course, setting down, sitting down and doing vision boards under the new moon, as opposed to under the full moon, um, or rather even doing vision boards when your personal, like your natal moon is being affected by either Neptune or Jupiter, like whatever transits are happening um, around it, around your personal moon. Like if I'm, I'm a moon in Scorpio, for example, and whenever the sun is in Scorpio, that's a really good time for me to enhance my attraction power, enhance the goals that I'm working on. Um, look at how far I've come with the goals that I've done. You know, so those types of connections that you make with your astrology really help. And then there's just the whole idea of where we are as a society. And are you really on track as well? Because right now the North node is in Taurus and the South node is in Scorpio. Are your goals more materialistic and focused on creating wealth, which is the North node in Taurus energy? Um, that's really helpful as well. And also, are you healing all of the wounds that you have that are stopping you from your goals, which is the South Node in Taurus. And that way you're leaving a lot of the holdups that you have towards developing your goals. You know, whether you're finding, you know, a personal trainer because you're trying to lose weight and you ask for help, whether you go and you find a nutritionist so that you're able to like the, uh, the same goal, like lose weight. Um, and then, of course, if you get a psychologist this year, that could really help enhance your goals because now you're taking on the psychological problems or rather a therapist or a psychologist, whichever one helps you, um, so that you can take on the, the problems that you're facing in your daily life that are really stopping you from achieving your goals to begin with. So, you know, really working with the energy that's happening right now, North Node is in Taurus, perfect opportunity to focus on creating wealth, and South Node is in Scorpio, perfect opportunity to heal the wounds that stop you from creating the um, life that you're trying to achieve, right? And um, yeah, did you want to expand on any of those topics? Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, I love the idea of using the new moon and the full moon to set intentions or kind of see what progress has been made. So, you know, every month there's a new moon and there's a full moon, and that's really an opportunity for anybody to set intentions. Um, and I, I love the, you know, it's good to keep in mind really paying attention to when a new moon or full moon happens in the sign of your natal moon. So yeah, for me, I have an Aquarius moon. So whenever there's a new moon or full moon in that sign, I know it's really going to impact me. So basically every month you're going to have a new moon. That's a time when you can set intentions, you know? So if, for example, if there's a new moon happening in Pisces, uh, in Pisces, maybe you set an intention to focus on your, uh, your own healing, you know, and, and whether it's, doing meditation, you know, going to therapy, whatever else. And then usually when there's a new moon, six months later, there's this, the associated full moon. So if you set an intention during the new moon in Pisces to work on your um, healing, you know, make a note of touching base with yourself six months after that, when the full moon in Pisces happens, and then you can look back and, um, and see, okay, what progress did I make? You know, where was I? 
when the new moon in Pisces happened and where am I now on the day of the full moon in Pisces? And um, that's something I've been starting to do in my astro counseling sessions with clients, you know, having that be the framework of the counseling or the coaching that is done, you know, because usually around the new moon, it's a time to, to set an intention. And then we could sort of make a six month plan of like, okay, what do we do along the way? What's happening astrologically along the way to get you to that goal of feeling like there's a certain goal that has been accomplished by the time the associated, uh, full moon happens. Um, yeah, and like you mentioned, Stella, the the North Node is in Taurus right now until uh, October 2023. We're in this era of the Taurus Scorpio eclipses. So there will be things that will naturally propel us forward in regards to building something up and building up some type of worth, whether it's self-worth or financial worth or setting up a sort of home or foundation for yourself. And then there's going to be times where that seems like it's being washed away in your life, which Scorpio likes to do. It's sort of like Scorpio is like the Phoenix, like kind of, you know, destruction and then rising from the ashes. So I think there's going to be a lot of that going on. Um, uh, for people in the next year, year and a half. Um, and, you know, working with an astrologer is a great way for you to get a sense of what's happening astrologically, but also how it's going to affect you personally, because there's things that happen astrologically within the year. Um, and if you want to know more, uh, we definitely encourage you to check out uh, the Venus retrograde survival guide episode, because that one kind of touches upon what's happening for most of the winter in 2022. But, you know, even if there's these astrological happenings that are going to occur, it'll affect your chart in different ways, just based on where everything is placed in your natal chart. So, you know, working with a, an astrologer or learning more about your astrology can help you see, okay, how are the new moons and full moons going to affect me personally? How are these Taurus Scorpio eclipses going to affect me? Um, and really just knowing more about yourself and like how you plan and how you set goals by knowing your own natal chart helps as well. Um, I find that astrology is a great tool for, yeah, setting goals, going with the flow of how things are going to happen anyway, um, and, and really setting some goals. And so I think, yeah, looking at the North Node, looking at the full and the new and full moons can really help uh, with that. Um, and then also looking at what goals to focus on to begin with. Um, so when people set New Year's resolutions, they either set goals, but don't really do them because they're not really attached to the goals um, or, you know, they may set too many goals. So then they get overwhelmed and they don't accomplish any of them. So knowing which goals to set and how many to set is helpful as well. Like Stella, in your experience with clients you've worked with or in your coaching, have you noticed reasons or common themes as to why people don't keep up with their goals or don't keep up with their resolutions? Yeah. So um, there's two main reasons that I've really noticed. The first is they're not emotionally invested in what mm -hmm. they're actually writing down. So, you know, whether it's, um, let's say you, you do want to lose weight, but you can't give up your ice cream a day habit. Like it's, it's going to be something you're going to have to go and maybe have a therapy session over or really look at your addiction to sugar on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. um, or there's the second half, which is the motivation, which again, I also also look at Mars 
for motivation in astrology. And you have, let's say, um, you know, 12 months out of the year, Mars is moving every 20 or 30 days or so. So you're really going to be able to, sometimes it's longer. I don't have the, the astrological um, chart in front of me for what Mars is going to look like this year. But every single month or so, you really get a chance to see what house um, Mars is triggering in your astrology chart and sort of use that energy to focus in on the themes of that, um, you know, astrological sign and that astrological placement. So let's say Mars, if you're a Pisces rising, for example, and Mars is going to be in Pisces in a few weeks and Mars transitions into Pisces once it gets there and it's in your first house because you're in Pisces rising, that's going to give you a boost to your entire, you know, personality soul. The sun is also going to be in there at the same time. Mm-hmm. You're going to have that energy from the sun. You're going to have the motivation from Mars. And it's really going to help push yourself to really change a lot of aspects of your life because your first house really is the the moment of your birth, the moment that you first took breath on this planet and affecting all 12 houses of your astrology, affecting all aspects of your life. So it's a great time to really take on all of the projects, at, not at the same time, but maybe like set the goals, set the intentions, talk to the people you want to talk to. Then you also want to pay attention to when Mercury is in retrograde as well, um, because that's another thing about motivation. You might lose motivation in certain aspects of your life because Mercury is in retrograde or lose interest or even feel like, why am I doing this? Because, you know, Mercury rules the mind. So it really plays tricks on your mind in terms of what it is you're trying to accomplish. It might even set you um, set you back a few steps. You're like, why is it taking so long? You know, the same projects that I did last month are taking three times as long during the retrograde. It's because it's in retrograde. So what you do during retrograde is you don't really try to achieve all things at the same time. You just keep steady. And people often overlook the aspect of inspired action and momentum when it comes to their setting their goals and and really going after what they want. As long as you show up, even during Mercury retrograde, even during any sort of negative aspects to the planets in your astrology, as long as you show up, you've already shown that you are going to continue to push yourself. You know, you've already shown the universe that you're ready for the evolution that you're asking for, for the step forward that you're asking for. So, you know, astrology, is really great for knowing the timing. It's really great for knowing all of these things. But if you don't have a positive attitude, any sort of astrological knockdown could really be detrimental to the goals that you're setting and the um, types of ways that you're trying to achieve them. Because if you don't believe in yourself, there's no point in giving you your astrological chart. There's no point in doing mm-hmm. you know, any of the scripting that you're doing because you don't believe. You have to work on believing in yourself before anything else, staying motivated. You can use Mars to stay motivated and pay attention mm-hmm. to the Mercury retrogrades. And most importantly, I cannot say this again, but write it down. It really is like the first step to seeing what you want. It's the first step to making it real because as long as it's up in your head, it's not real. When it's on paper, that's the first real evidence, right? You haven't done it yet. You haven't been there yet, but that's the first real evidence. And that's how I really coach my clients, um, writing it down setting the times for motivation, looking at your astrology, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you bring up such a good point of there's going to be times where things feel a little bit slower or sluggish, for lack of a better word, and things aren't moving forward as quickly. And it's about being kind to yourself and knowing and that's why it's also helpful to know 
what are the astrological energies at play? Because, you know, some people they're, they, they're trying to push forward with their goals and they're not hitting up you know, a timeline target that they expected and they get frustrated and they give up or they think, okay, I'm doing something wrong. But sometimes it's just out of your control. Sometimes things are just moving slower than what you expect because that's just the energy or like there's things happening outside of yourself that you can't, you know, control. Like if you're looking to, um, you know, for example, raise a certain amount of money by investing in stocks, like how the stocks perform is kind of outside of your control, but there might be opportunities that are more advantageous or it just takes time. And, um, and that's why it's good to start thinking about new year's resolutions now. And if you haven't really set them yet in 2022 or feel like you're not really on your way to accomplishing them yet, then that's okay. Because astrologically, January 2022 and February 2022 are going to be more reflective months. Like the year doesn't really start until March astrologically, because that's when we get into Aries season. Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. And then on top of that, you know, January and February 2022, we have Venus, Venus retrograde still going on. Um, so that's gonna slow down momentum in certain things, especially when it comes to relationships, maybe um your image, like you know, how attractive you are. So if you're trying to use the law of attraction or attract things to you, um, I don't know, in my opinion, Venus retrograde may slow that, that down a bit. And then Venus also relates to finances, right? So if you have some financial goals that you're trying to meet, you know, things might be at a standstill or going slower these first two months, and that's okay. And then on top of that, we have um, Mercury retrograde, the first Mercury retrograde of 2022, starting in mid-January, and that'll last about three weeks. So by the time those two retrogrades are done, it'll be March, it'll be airy season towards the latter part of March. And I think, and it'll be springtime, you know, for those in um, the, the Northern hemisphere. So, you know, I think it'll be a time for people to really feel like, okay, like things are starting to go in bloom. Uh, like, you know, I can get started. So the January and February are really the months that are perfect for just kind of taking a step back and thinking about what do you want to accomplish in 20 and 22 and you know hopefully using astrology to see what are the energies that are going to be at play because yes we'll be getting past the first mercury retrograde of 2022 and venus retrograde uh by march but there's other retrogrades to come there's other influences to come and so by knowing that you kind of know the times where you can really push forward and the times where it, it's time to take stock of your progress made so far and and slow it down so as far as figuring out what goals to start on, the houses of the natal chart can really help. And uh, every time there's a new year, I actually base my goals on each of the houses of the natal chart. And so there's 12 houses, or if you're looking at a natal chart, like I like to call them pizza slices, you know, it's like a circle with the different slices inside of it. And there's 12 of them. And each of the houses represents something. So does that mean that you have to accomplish 12 resolutions in a year, not necessarily, because that might be a lot for most people. Um, 
But what you can do is think about each house in the natal chart and think about what does it represent and, and, and where are you at in your life in those areas and what would you want to accomplish? And then you can rank them and see which ones are the most important for you to work on this year. Or, you know, some of your goals may um, align with more than one house. So let's go through each of the houses and give examples as to what kind of resolutions you could potentially make. So the first house is all about yourself. It's all about individuality. It's about how people see you in a sense, like, you know, sort of first impressions, um, so, you know, I think when it comes to making New Year's resolutions for the first house, um, I always find that that's the hardest house for me to base tangible New Year's resolutions on because I think the first house is just like the manifestation of all the other things you work on in your life. Um, but, you know, resolutions that could come about based on the first house could be things about your self-awareness and working on yourself. So it really kickstarts all the other goals and resolutions that you might come up with for the year. So, you know, maybe you set a resolution of learning more about yourself, whether it's reading a certain self-help book, you know, and, and knowing more about yourself. Like maybe if you want to know more about what your leadership style is or, you know, things like that. Um, what, what are your thoughts, Stella? You know, based on the first house, can you think of any tangible resolutions? Because I find it really hard. Yeah, definitely. Like if you find yourself that you're the type of person that always needs to be around people and always needs to have someone validate you, this is a great house for you to focus on. How can I find self-actualization? Mm -hmm. How can I self-validation. What are the, what are the blocks that I have towards evolving as a human being? Mm -hmm. Why can't I uh, obtain my goals? You know, exploring sort of, you know, journaling, maybe make a goal of journaling and your everyday life and how you're interacting with others and how you feel connected into this world. Um, and definitely in terms of your personal, um, you know, like the way you want to present yourself to the world, do you, do you have awareness of it, first of mm -hmm. all? And second of all, what is it? How do you feel you represent, you know, you know if you're uh, a Virgo rising, for example, do you feel you represent that? Or do you feel you're representing the, or higher, lower vibration? Like lower vibration Virgo rising is a little bit sloppy, a little bit lazy. They're not really paying attention to themselves because they're focused on making mm -hmm. sure that everybody else is taken care of. Maybe this year you focus on yourself and you try to vibe at the higher vibration, which is keeping yourself organized and looking at ways you can be more active in your style and the way that you are presenting yourself, you know, um, and, and that's something that you can look at. What's the higher and lower expression of your rising sign? And sort of, are you sort of at a level 10, like you're fully expressing yourself as, you know, a Leo rising and your style is on point and you feel very beautiful every time you walk out of the house and that makes you elevate every other part of your astrology or are you sort of being frumpy and you're not really paying attention to your style as a Leo rising or your, um, you know, aspects, uh, to it. So yeah. that's something that I can, I would say definitely recommend to all of you. If you're into astrology and you know enough to know what your rising sign is, look at the lower and higher vibration, which you can find online what the description is and sort of see where you, where you're at and see how you can improve it. Yeah. So the first house really kickstarts everything. And then the second house of astrology is all about worth, whether it's your sense of self-worth or your financial worth. So, you know, I think a lot of people, most people, when they start a new year, they start thinking about, okay, what are some financial goals? You know, do I want to save 
a certain amount of money in my savings account? Do I want to finally start like, you know, investing in stocks? Do I want to save up, you know, for a big purchase, whether it's a house or a vehicle? So the second house is all about that. So I think a lot of people would really resonate with the second house. So, you know, when it comes to that house, think of resolutions that you can make that are financial goals, you know, do you want to save a certain amount of money, so on and so forth. Um, you might also make resolutions based on your own sense of self-worth. You know, if you've had a rough 2021, which I'm sure a lot of people did, you might, you know, kind of be coming after the aftermath in, in 2022 and thinking about, okay, who, I, who am I now? Like, how can I like myself even better um, this year? So, you know, maybe reading books or listening to podcasts uh, or YouTube videos that have to do with self-worth and building that up. One of my favorite books that I've read is called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. And I highly recommend that book to anybody that's just trying to maintain or build up their self-esteem. Uh, really good book. So something like that, that could be a resolution to make that second house related. What are your thoughts about that, Stella? Any like further insights or yeah, anything else? Yeah, I mean, right now everybody's talking about the great resignation here. Mm -hmm. You know, in a lot of countries, people are just like giving up and there's a reevaluation happening about how we earn money, mm -hmm. how, what we do with yeah. that money, what it means. And people are realizing nothing can buy the time with your family and friends. Nothing can buy the time with the uh, amount of experiences that you can have in this lifetime. So maybe explore how you can make money that you already have, the what you've already earned, how that can give you more time with the people that you care about, how you can improve your self-esteem with the um, with the money that you have outside of the material showing off. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times second house is about what you show off as mm -hmm. opposed to what you really value. Yeah. So have a, have a reevaluation of your values, have a reevaluation of how money plays into your psychological um, experience. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, look at what you're using money to do everyday things with are you wasting money are you being wasteful in the way that you experience money or are you using money to establish a foundation because again the second house is represented by taurus and that's the foundational uh, um earth sign of all of the earth signs in the astrology so what are you doing are you creating a foundation with your money or are you letting it wash away mm -hmm. you know and again every house is different so if you have a gemini second house it's an air sign um which is actually auspicious because air is a representation of of wealth but mm -hmm. if you have it you can also have that lower expression where it's you're just spending money to spend money are you mm -hmm. are you utilizing it for wisdom or are you utilizing it to just waste away or are you creating the wealth that you really want mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, absolutely. And then we go on to the third house and the third house is all about communication, uh, you know, your local community, even your siblings. Uh, so you might want to make resolutions around that, you know, have you felt disconnected from your siblings and do you want to reconnect with them? You know, whether that means having like a monthly Zoom chat or meeting up for coffee every so often, you know, when it comes to communication, that's a broad topic. So that can mean different things, you know, Maybe you've always wanted to start a blog, so you start that, or maybe you want to start a podcast, so you decide to do that, uh, like we did, uh, or, you know, in your local community, maybe you're new to a certain neighborhood and you want to get to know it more or get to know uh, a town that you've lived in, but know it in a new way. So 
those are some examples of third house topics that you could, you know, have as material for a possible, uh, you know, resolution or goal for 2022. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Stella, your third house is probably very important to you because you're very strong in Mercury and Gemini in your chart. So, you know, what does making a resolution based on the third house mean for you? And have you made one in recent years that was relevant to the third house that you think really paid off or that was really memorable? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, third house also rules transportation and like how you transport yourself. Yeah. Um, and I was able to upgrade my vehicle when my third house was being triggered. You know what I'm saying? So it's something that you can look at as a possibility. If you see that Jupiter is going to be in your third house this year in Pisces, maybe it's time for you to get a new car. Mm -hmm. Maybe the new car is a Tesla because it's able to drive itself because that's a very Pisces car. Yeah. And it's also very technology based and futuristic. So, you know, I mean, like this is a great time for those of you who are out there looking to um, start things on the internet. If you're looking to start a business on the internet, if you're looking to start um, a way to uh, detach yourself from maybe a physical working job and do something online. Um, and even if you're able to help people travel themselves, if you want to work in a transportation type of job where you're, you know, whether it's driving a bus because you'll have more flexibility of time or starting your own taxi company, things like that, where you're able to sort of take back your time, but you're still doing something physical. Um, but yeah, third house really rules a lot of things having to do with the movement that you do every day, the movement that you go to and fro to your job, and maybe you're trying to not do that. <laughs> so, you know, you're trying to keep yourself at home. Look at your astrology and see if that's in the cards. You know what I mean? See if you can take advantage when the newer full moon is there. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's an example of how maybe a goal could overlap over, you know, more than one house. Because if one of your resolutions is figuring out how you can uh, work more remotely, then that could relate to the third house in regards to transportation, but then also the second house in regards to how do you make money? So maybe you do start uh, an online business and that takes care of the second and third house. And then mm -hmm. that leads to the next house, the fourth house. And that's all about home, family, even emotions. You know, so if you're thinking of fourth house areas for resolution, you want to uh, change your residence and move somewhere, whether it's a new uh, uh, house in the area, you know, maybe you want to upgrade or downgrade, you know, as far as your living situation, or maybe you decide to just, you know, move neighborhoods and move somewhere else that you didn't think to, or that is somehow in the cards for you to live, you know, in regards to family, maybe you set family goals, whether it's trying to achieve something in regards to your family, like maybe taking a family trip or maybe adding to your family, which could relate to the fifth house, which we'll get to next. But, you know, those are some examples of goals that you might want to think about when you're thinking about, okay, what are some fourth house areas that you would want to make resolutions on? Yeah. So yeah, and the, and the fourth house also having to do with family. I remember when my fourth house was triggered and how I realized like, I can't do just Christmas and, and mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Like I need more time with my family. So I made an intention of having like a summer barbecue. And like, if we can do at least two summer barbecues and with my extended family, not just my, my 
you know, immediate family, we can at least spend time together with people that I only see maybe twice a year or even once a year this year. So, you know, that's something that you can put some more intentionality when it comes to your family. And then of course, if you're saving to buy a home, this is an awesome, like if you have a fourth house, Jupiter. I do. Fourth house, <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Jupiter is in Pisces and Pisces is on my fourth house. So this is an (laughs) awesome time for those of you with Jupiter and Pisces to look at how you can work more remotely, how you can create more solidarity in your family, um, how you can, maybe your home life is going to shift and you're going to live somewhere else by the end of the year. Um, And I definitely think that if you've got the fourth house there, um, you're going to be looking at your living situation in general. And if you have enough support around you, because again, the fourth house is the foundation. It is like the rock underneath your feet. Are Mm -hmm. you truly feeling supported in the area or in the place that you live. So that might be something else that you guys can explore as well. Yeah, for sure. So I guess with me having that placement, I'll have to see how 2022 goes, but I can already see see things happening on the horizon that are very relevant. So (laughs) stay tuned. Um, And then on the topic of like, you know, possibly growing a family that relates to the fifth house. So the fifth house relates to children, uh, your creativity, your sense of play, and also love. So if you're thinking of fifth house areas and you're thinking of resolutions, maybe you're looking into maybe having a child or expanding your family, um, whatever that means to you. You know, that could be thinking about adoption, deciding to, to get pregnant, Or even if you're not ready for that yet, maybe looking into your fertility and getting fertility testing so you kind of know the lay of the land of your fertility and how to plan for the future. When it comes to creativity, maybe you want to actually get in tune with what your creativity is. One of my favorite books for that uh, is called The Artist's Way. Um, and it's, uh, we'll, we'll link it in the description. I feel like we're, we're starting like a little bibliography thing <laughs> for this episode, but the artist way is one of those books that, um, just helps you get more in tune with your inner artist, whatever that may mean. Uh, and so, and then love, you know, there's lots of people out there that are looking for their next love interest or the one, uh, the one will be covered when we get to the seventh house, but you know, when, when it comes to the fifth house, it's more about dating, maybe setting some dating goals or realizing what you like or don't like in dating. Uh, so those are all fifth house topic areas. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of material that you can like use and come up with to decide on a resolution that relates to the fifth house. Yeah, for sure. And, and also like, what is your reflection of your, like, um, not motivation. What's the word when you're, it's like self-worth, but beyond self-worth, like, because that's really the fifth house is showing you what you value every day, Mm -hmm. what hobbies you value, Mm -hmm. how your values affect your children, how your values affect your love life, have a value evaluation. (laughs) I like that. Then if you already have children, maybe you should set goals for how you interact with them, for how you'll improve your parenting 
or how you'll improve the time that you spend with them. We've all through this pandemic been able to see how much more our children actually need us. Um, that's something that a lot of my friends who have children who they were a little bit older and they realized, oh my God, like my kid was like having a like emotional breakdown because we weren't spending enough time together. As soon as they started working from home, it was like a total drastic change in behavior. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how is, how are you affecting and your behaviors affecting your children? Mm -hmm. So, you know, definitely set goals around that and look for ways to have fun because that's what the fifth house is all about. Yeah. How are you having fun every day? What are you doing? Are you, are you obsessed with Legos and building Legos? Mm -hmm. Like do something fun because a lot of times we set goals for like, we want to make money, we want to do this, mm -hmm. but we don't actually set goals for the fun we have in our lives. If mm -hmm. anything has been taught to us of all of the things that we have lost in this last year, mm -hmm. we've realized how much fun we can have. And it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a 12 day trip to the Maldives or something. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be $15,000. It could be you just spending time with your husband playing cards. Like mm -hmm. there are so many things that you can do to have fun. Yeah, for sure. You bring up such a good point because even as I'm thinking about these resolutions, I'm forgetting about, you know, resolutions around self-care or fun. And, you know, it, it seems so forced, but sometimes you kind of have to plug it in or be more intentional about it, especially as you get more and more responsibilities in your life. Because if you aren't intentional about it, it could be very easy to let that fall by the wayside. So one thing I've done is I have a, a list on my phone in the notes section uh, that has a list of self-care things that I like to do. And once a week or once every other week, I look at it and I think to myself, okay, am I due for a facial? Um, should I go on a hike today? Just things that I love to do and like being intentional about it. Um, and so that could definitely be a resolution, whether it's deciding, okay, I'm going to do you know, a massage once a month, you know, and, and do that for myself, you know, or, you know, I'm going to go on a walk once every other day and walk past, you know, the most scenic part of town. It's just like little things like that can sometimes make the best resolutions to make sure that you are having that sense of play and, and that you're having that self-care, or even it's getting, making a resolution to get back into a hobby uh, that you had when you were younger, when you were a kid, whether it is building with Legos or, you know, taking a drawing class or like playing with Play-Doh again, you know, just doing something that makes you feel like a kid again and like really setting an intention to have that time, you know, mm -hmm. it can also be really beneficial. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then we get to the sixth house, which is another work-related house. So sixth, house is all about our daily habits, whether it's our day-to-day -day job, uh, how we take care of ourselves health-wise, our routines. So, you know, lots of people are into figuring out, you know, productivity hacks. So that's very sixth house related in my opinion. So if you want to set a resolution, maybe it's reading a book that has to do about productivity and seeing how you can structure your life in an, um, in an evolved way, or just structure your life in general to be more efficient or to get certain things done. Um, or even, you know, ch uh, changing your job, you know, for a lot of people, like you said, Stella, there's the great resignation happening. So people are really thinking about, okay, is the job that I have right now, something that makes sense for me moving forward. So maybe this is the year when you set a resolution to find a new job, or at the very least, talk to people that work in jobs that you might be interested in transitioning to, to kind of see what it's like and what that transition would look like. 
Yeah, yeah. And for my fellow Virgo risings, if you haven't changed your job yet with Saturn in your sixth house, I don't know what I've changed my jobs like seven times. (laughs) Like it's been so many different jobs in the last year that I've done, you know, the things that I do on the side. And of course, I have this new job, which is being an astrologer. It's not new because I've been doing it for a while, but I haven't been officially an astrologer until this last year. And most importantly, we're forgetting the health aspect of this. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that health is your wealth. Health is mm-hmm. your future. I have gone through a total health transformation just in terms of mentally, emotionally, physically. It has been so enlightening to see how Saturn has played in that sixth house of mine. Mm-hmm. And now that it's by itself, I'm like, I have to get it organized because if I don't pay attention to Saturn, Saturn's mm-hmm. going to go into the seventh house and it's going to mess up my relationships. Saturn's going to go into the eighth house, going to mess up my life. Yeah. You know, you got to know that Saturn, although it is teaching us a lesson, it's teaching us lessons that if we don't pay attention to, we end up in the negative aspect of its, you know, wrath, let's call it. And if you have Jupiter there, even better, like that must have been really fun. But mm-hmm. what you really want to pay attention to every now and then is what, where is Saturn in all of these houses and mm-hmm. what can you do to improve it? So if you have Saturn in the first, Saturn in the second, Saturn in the seventh, look at how it's affecting you and how it could be interpreted as an astrological you know, um, way, and then utilize that to set your goals as well, because that's a great tool to help you decide like, hey, this year I need to focus on my health. Saturn is by itself in my sixth house. What am I going to do? Am I going to sit here and wait until I have you know, more advanced stages of problems, or am I actually going to take my my health into my own hands, you know, and that just depends on your own energy. If you're not there, it could become, you know, even more uh, difficult. So make sure you're paying attention because these rules, these uh, rather these goals that we're setting are really helpful towards our future. But if we don't actually live up to it, it could bring about, you know, the negative aspects of our astrology as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Not only is it useful to consider astrology for making goals just for inspiration and thinking of the areas of life to focus on, but also like sometimes it's just necessary because life is really calling you to do certain goals, whether it's, you know, because there will be tough lessons related to those areas of life or areas of opportunity that you don't want to miss. And that's definitely represented by Saturn, the taskmaster, master, the taskmaster and like tough teacher of the, of astrology. And then Jupiter is like, you know, the opportunity, you know, the luck and fortune um, that's passing through your chart. So good point. So speaking of seventh and eighth houses, I'll kind of combine those together because they're very much houses that have to do with joining forces. So the seventh house is all about relationships. So if you are looking for the one, or if you're already in a relationship, you know, thinking about, okay, uh, where do I want to take the relationship moving forward? Will it evolve? Things like that. And then the eighth house is all about joining forces, whether it's sexuality, uh, you know, shared resources. The eighth house also rules death and rebirth, but let's not focus on that for resolutions. Let's focus on the other stuff of the eighth house, which is like shared finances, taxes, um, you know, sexuality. And then the seventh house is all about relationships. So when you're thinking about those houses, think of resolutions that you might want to take on that have to do with your relationship, whether it's, um, 
you know, uh, doing something that will uh, bond you as a couple, whether it's going on a, on a retreat or like, you know, going through a resource together, whether it's the five love languages, which is also a good book that we'll link at the bottom. I got to keep track of all the books we're talking about. Yeah, listen to this again and do a, do a list. <laughs> yeah. When, when I listen to the episode again, I'll think of all the books and, and put the links down below just so that uh, the viewers can look them up if they're interested you know, or coming up with a goal of, okay, me and, and my significant other will chat once a month to really see how the relationship is going that month. Or maybe it's like, um, a resolution. If you're thinking of proposing to, to, you know, to start looking into a ring or what the proposal would look like. Um, yeah, and, cool. and I want to clarify proposals are eighth house marriage yeah. is eighth house in contracts. So just yeah. in case you're wondering the best time to ask for marriage is seventh house trigger. The best time to marry is eighth house. So oh. me and my husband got married in the eight under his eighth house rulership. So everything was working there. So, uh, or rather triggers in, his eighth house and most importantly like this is i don't want to harp on the death and everything else but look at the way you can transform yourself Mm. because the eighth house is also the house of transformation yeah so you can have a really good opportunity to transform your finances transform your Mm self-worth transform your mindset um go to therapy and Mm -hmm. maybe transform the way you're approaching your life yeah, um, that's a really good time to also give back to charities and look at how you're utilizing other people's money or how other people's money is, uh, you know, creating wealth for you, mm-hmm. whether that would be, you know, investments and things like that. And most importantly, since investments are so easy now, there's so many opportunities for you. Maybe it's time for you to look into ways that you can do that. And also in your business, your seventh house would be your partnerships like me and Astronautic have, Nelly have, yeah. um, in order to build your wealth. And then the eighth house would be the contracts you build with each other. So whether it is getting into contract about how you're structuring your businesses, talking about what you want to do with the future of your business, and then of course, creating the wealth for your business. And um, uh, husband's money is also in eighth house, not husband, but like partner's money is also in eighth house. Because everybody makes money now, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, house. So you have to look at how you can help your um, significant other improve their finances. Yeah. Are you utilizing too much money? Are you creating a burden on your relationship? Maybe it's time for you to be more, you know, holding back on how much spending you're doing mm-hmm. and looking at the burden on your partnerships and what, what it's costing your relationships uh, harmony if you're mm-hmm. spending too much or if you're not, or if you're being too frugal too mm-hmm. and you're not being uh, flexible about how you're spending. Yeah, absolutely. So lots to think about when it comes to the seventh and eighth houses, but the common theme is joining forces. And what does that mean? And setting goals around that. And so then that takes us to the ninth house. It's all about higher, I don't know, higher learning, higher consciousness in a way. So that could relate to, you know, maybe taking a course to learn something new or going and applying for a new degree program um, or expanding your horizons through uh, learning about some sort of life philosophy, whether it is reading a a book, you know, like Plato or, uh, you know, a book by a philosopher or deciding to take a trip to somewhere you've never been to, you know, those are all things that relate to the ninth house, basically anything that can 
expand your horizon. So, you know, those are some ideas for how you can make some resolutions. Like, I know it's tough to travel right now with COVID and everything, but people are still traveling. So maybe that's a goal that you decide to do. Maybe you decide, okay, later on this year, you're going to go to this other country that you've always wanted to go to, or you're finally going to finish that program that you've been working on and take the remaining courses to finish that bachelor's or master's or certificate program. So those are relevant to the ninth house and, you know, possible ways um, and opportunities for resolutions. Yeah, yeah. And looking at who you can attract in terms of, you know, teaching you or maybe you want to become a teacher. It's so easy now with the internet to just create your own course, something that you're an expert at or something that you you know very well, Mm -hmm. like maybe you're an expert organizer and you really help your family and friends. Maybe you can teach others how to do the same Mm -hmm. with your own online course. And then you're triggering your second house and your sixth house. And maybe you can work from home for the rest of the year. Who knows? But you also want to pay attention to the ninth house because it also rules belief systems. Mm -hmm. So are you practicing the religion that you want to be practicing? Are you in a group of faith that is supportive of your future? Or maybe you're not even in an established faith and you Mm -hmm. want to. So this is a great time if you're getting, if you're trying to set goals for your ninth house, maybe you want to be more religious. Maybe you want to explore other religions and look at how each of them is interacting and how you feel within that interaction, what you're learning from them. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then we go on to the 10th house, which is the top of the chart. Uh, And that's all about, you know, uh, your ideal career, your social status, how you show up in the world in that way. So again, a house that relates that could relate to your job. Um, Or maybe, you know, it's a house that makes you think about what you really want to do in your career. Maybe you have a certain day to day a job that pays the bills, but you really want to pursue this other career. And, you know, this ends up being the year that you finally take some steps and make some resolutions to go towards that. And so if you're thinking about, okay, what's your ideal career or how can that possibly look like? Look to your midheaven in your natal chart. And that could be a whole other topic for a whole other episode, but that's just a tidbit there. Um, And so, yeah, that's a very prominent house. And it sort of relates to the 11th house as well, because the 11th house relates to what's your place in society, right? So the 10th house is, I think the difference in my opinion, but I could be off about it. 10th house is more about like your prominence, like how you stand out, like what do you have to offer to society? How does that manifest in an ideal career? And the 11th house is more like, okay, how are you amongst society? Like what's your contribution to society? Um, You know, like, do you want to do something that helps society? Do you not even fit into society? Are you unconventional? So the 10th and 11th house are, you know, they, they, they're similar in that they relate to how do you show up in society and how does that look like and the 11th house also relates to friends which is like our micro version of our society as well mm-hmm. yeah and and definitely with your career and your social status could also relate to whether or not you become a parent so if you have this year your fifth house is being triggered by something and then your a 10th house is being triggered it could be that you're elevating yourself into parenthood you're elevating your mm-hmm. status in your society into maybe political career that you're going into if it's triggering your first house and your 10th house. And then of course, in your 11th house, it's all about your social circles and 
really, are you choosing the right people to be around? Because mm-hmm. really, have, have they improved your life in some way? Or do you feel like they're dragging you down in some way? They're, or they're hurting your ability to really elevate yourself in your 10th house? Not on a, you know, a, you know, a, self, a sacrificing level, or you're not going to be friends with people, but definitely look at and set goals around what you want to do with your friends. Maybe you do want to travel with them. Maybe you do want to create um, wealth with them and become go into bar- business partnership. Um, and it's always good to look at what's going on in your 11th and your seventh house to see if it's a good time to be in partnership and working with someone. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And then that leaves us last but not least the 12th house, the last house of astrology in the natal chart. And the 12th house is really all about what's underneath, like whether it's your spirituality, whether it's like your hidden psychic abilities, uh, you know, your subconscious, even what you do behind the scenes. Um, the 12th house is really all about that. So, it, you know, it's kind of similar in uh, to the first house in that coming up with goals based on the house can seem very like, I don't know, nuanced or not as tangible, but you can still make some, some solid resolutions based on the 12th house. So maybe it is learning more about your subconscious, like maybe going to, you know, going into therapy and learning more about, you know, the inner workings, um, that really influence how you show up and, and how you behave and any wounds that you might need to, to get over, you know? So if you're thinking about therapy that goes really well with the 12th house, it'll probably be like psychoanalysis, like finding a therapist that, you know, it does psychoanalytic work or psychodynamic work, you know, maybe it's getting more in tune to your spirituality, which kind of relates to the ninth house, but this is more about like, instead of following a certain religion or figuring out what that is, it's more about like, what is your own personal sense of your spirituality? You know, maybe you want to explore more of your psychic potential. Everybody has psychic potential, but to varying degrees. So maybe you want to find out more about that, or maybe you realize that you want to do work that's behind the scenes. Maybe you want to research a topic that you're really interested about or change to a career that is more behind the scenes instead of like in the spotlight. So those are some ideas of resolutions that might interest you and relate to the 12th house. Yeah. And I I agree. And also want to add that we can also learn a lot about our own astrology. Maybe it's time for you to learn about where Chiron is in your Mm -hmm. chart what that means for you and whether or not you are actually healing your wounds or you're just giving into the delusions of where your placement of Neptune is or where your Chiron placement is and you're not able to heal so that you can move your life forward. And, you know, most importantly, you want to really explore what your dreams are if your 12th house is being triggered because your dreams could be very psychically revealing. They could be very revealing about what you're afraid Mm -hmm. of. They could be revealing about what you're trying to accomplish. Maybe you're not on the right path your dreams are trying to tell you, hey, we would rather not work a hundred hour weeks mm-hmm. and we would rather work in Cabo San Lucas under the sun <laughs> on a laptop. Don't we all, don't we all rather do that? <laughs> I'm not talking about my dreams. Just yeah, saying. of course not. This is this is not about your dream. This is not about a dream you recently had. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that would definitely be the goals that you can set under the 12th house. And I hope that, you know, all these houses and all that we went over, it's Mm -hmm. individually based. So when you get your own astrology report, what we're going to do is actually give you a map of where everything is in your chart at the moment of your birth. If you don't know your time of birth, we can still work with your sun sign astrology as well. Mm -hmm. And then of course you want to be able to understand each house, depending on what sign it's in, can 
also manifest itself in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, a Scorpio third house is very different from a Scorpio eighth house. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're in your eighth house, you're actually dealing with your trauma, your psychological issues. But a Scorpio third house is bringing trauma and psychological issues into the conversations you're having, into Mm -hmm. the interactions you're having. You probably need more depth from your neighbors and from your friends in order to feel connected to people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are very different expressions. So it's really good to get your astrology natal reading so that you can understand not only who you are on a subconscious level, but what is presented to you in the patterns under which you were born. So it's really great for that. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of putting this all together before we wrap up, you know, if you're thinking about using astrology for making resolutions and goals in general, which we highly recommend first, you know, for ideas, look at what each of the houses represent. And based on that, come up with goals that that um, that come up in your mind uh, based on each house, right? And then once you have those resolutions and goals down, then narrow it down, like rank them, like which, you know, what's the most important to like the 12th most important. Um, and then you have a ranking. And then, you know, we definitely encourage you working with an astrologer, whether it's either one of us or an astrologer you might know and work with that astrologer to see, okay, what is your chart going to look like this year? Like in what houses of your chart are the planets going to be in? You know, is Saturn going to be in your eighth house or your second house is Jupiter going to be in your fifth house, so on and so forth. Get a sense of what your chart is going to look like this year and also where the new moons and full moons will be taking place in your charts, because that will tell you which one of your goals you're more likely going to have that extra boost to accomplish and when, you know, if there's going to be, you know, a, a new moon affecting your 12th house, you know, sometime this year, then you know that around that time of year, that might be a really good time to set intentions around 12th house areas of learning more about your subconscious or doing therapy um, or finding out about your spirituality or anything like that. So I would say those three steps are important. Make a list of goals based on the houses narrow it down or rank them and then see what's happening to you astrologically. So you can almost come up with like a Gantt chart of how to approach the different goals that you've thought of and narrowing down which goals are good 2022 goals and which goals you might want to shelf um, and accomplish in 2023 because it might be or more opportune to do that then. So those would be like the steps that I that we would recommend you, you follow to really have uh, a one, two, three step of how to use astrology to make new year's resolutions and actually accomplish them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. And then of course, in terms of action steps that you're going to take, you want to learn about scripting. You want to write down Mm -hmm. and act as if you want to use your imagination as Neptune is in Pisces. And most importantly, uh, take your list and make three action steps every new moon towards at least one of the goals, whichever one is being triggered by the moon, maybe, or maybe you feel Mars is, has more energy that month. And it's in, you know, the fifth house, you're going to make three goals for your fifth house, but don't push yourself to do a thousand things at the same time mm-hmm. underneath that house, because I always realize it is the steps you will take action on that make the difference, not mm-hmm. the steps that you promise. Like yeah. I'm going to go to the gym a thousand times this year. Like it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You can promise yourself that you're going to show up consistently in your living room for five minutes mm-hmm. every, every other day. Yeah. That's better than trying to promise that you're going to go to the gym every day. Yeah. You know, so like make sure that the steps that you're putting down 
are things that you know you can accomplish, things that you remove barriers to accomplish, more things that you are feeling confident that you have already done and can continue to do. Yeah, absolutely. Breaking down those goals so that they're in doable steps for Mm -hmm. sure. All right. So that wraps up this episode and I hope you all found it really helpful. I know we got a kick out of, you know, combining, you know, resolutions and goal setting with astrology. You know, I think it's something that's talked about, but not enough. And it's definitely a good way to use astrology and something you can really look into if you're looking to work with astrologer, with an astrologer and find out ways to really use astrology in your life that in ways that are practical and tangible. So um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you in the next one. We have more to come. Stella, any last words before we wrap up? Um, just keep working on your goals. Keep doing what you're doing and don't give up. Don't let anyone stop you. Don't let your fears stop you work. If you can't do your goal, work on your fear. That's something that I always tell my clients. You can't work on the goal, work on the fear. Why are you afraid? What, what in your past psychologically or emotionally stopped you from doing what you're doing? Are you obsessed with sugar? Are you worried about your future? Are you worried about leaving your job and the stability you won't have anymore? Like Mm -hmm. work on those problems. Like your job's the issue and you, you don't think you'll make enough money. Start with a side hustle and build that side hustle up, but do something towards your goals. So you feel accomplished by December, 2022. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll see you in the next episode. And in the meantime, take care. And we hope you enjoyed this one. Bye for now. Bye for now.